Everybody, thanks so much for tuning into another episode of Talking to Women about video games. We got to move fast on this one. We have a packed schedule. That's right. It's going to be packed with brain fuel. Spelled B R E I N, Bran Fuel. Yeah, it's like Bran Fuel with the <laughs> a emphasis, mark like a with that little, um, what are those called? Those things that are on there. We'll talk about it soon. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we're looking at this box of Brain Fuel and we're going to talk you through it on a new segment called Can I Do a Product Review? I what don't you? know. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. Do you want to do a product review? I do, I do, I want to do a product review. I do, 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 I do. That's right, everybody. I even wrote a new theme song. That's how serious we are about product reviews now We love products. I got an email. People just email me and say, do you want some stuff? And I said, I can't write about it anywhere because it doesn't relate to anything I write about anywhere in my life. But if you send me some stuff, I'll talk about it on the podcast, I guess. And they sent me four bottles of brain fuel and a cerebral beverage. No, it's a cerebral beverage. It's not accelerebral? <laughs> no, it Maybe says... Maybe it's both. It says a cerebral beverage. Wow, a cerebral. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing it. You say tomato, I say tomato. No, no. You say a cerebral. Yeah, there's only one L. A cerebral. It is for your brain and it's uh, a cerebral. <laughs> it is fuel. <laughs> it is comes in, in, it's in bottles. It comes in four different colors. There's a red and white, a purple and white, a blue and white, which is the one you were excited you could about, just Thrive cook, Ice. Yeah. Take it out of this box, and the box is really nice. I'm keeping this box for a long time, but the box- You could put your colored pencils in that <laughs> box. <laughs> you're, you're, right. you're, such a, you're such a mom. You're such you're such a mom to me sometimes, and I, I really appreciate it. There's tons of stuff here. Mental focus, it says. There's a picture of an eye looking at something, focusing. Oh, yeah, it's like it's got a crosshairs in it. Like you're going to shoot some bad guys in your yeah. video games, kids. But yet then you have cognitive endurance with a lightning bolt to the brain. I know. It's like a brain that is, is shocked, but also maybe moving fast because like the flash. And also like can sustain that type of power. Mm, an extended release, which is something they talk about in psych meds a lot. And yeah. they're talking about it here, that it's just going to keep releasing. Keep going. Extending its release inside you. Your brain. It's a sexual <laughs> caffeine blend, it says. Fuel blend. Oh no, do we really need Antioxidant caffeine? Antioxidant blend. I know, we're going to be up all night with this show. Brain boosters. I think zinc. zinc. Yes. Zinc. Zinc can make you barf if you eat it on an empty stomach. Oh, really? What's going to happen to us? And then, as often there is in these... There's only one milligram of zinc. <laughs> How are they... <laughs> that was a hard disc. So, we're about to drink this brain fuel. You've heard us talk about a box for a long time, and I appreciate it. I could talk about this box forever, though. Yeah, we could Because keep going. I've been playing video games for a long time. And once you are in this video game world for a while, you find out that people keep wanting to give you fuel. They think that you think of your body as a machine because right. you want to connect with the machine world of video games. So it's like, I you want also... to keep going, keep playing. Yeah, like, a, like a, a truck that just won't stop hauling the load of video game fun. But you need that kind of energy and endurance to get there. I know, but I'm not. I'm a human being. I don't want to chug fuel, but I'm going to. Yeah, we're going to do and it. And it's for my brain. 
But it's a it's an accelerebral beverage. And no, I'm, it's a cerebral. <laughs> it's so accelerebral. Let's accelerate our rebrals. We got little cups so we can each have a sip of every flavor. That's right. I'm gonna try Alpha Punch. All right, and then I think I'm... it's for alpha males who like to punch things. <laughs> and oh, it's no. red and aggressive. I know. Is the color. I'm oh, shaking mine shaking. up. I, I think that's so. That's a good idea. Let's shake it up. This is too fun. Yeah, we're having too oh, much fun. Oh, it's like a shake a little oh, bit. Oh gosh, it's creamy looking. It almost reminds me of the medicine I used Whoa. to take as a kid. It tastes like medicine. Uh, okay, this one, it's called Thrive Ice. It's a light citrus flavor, except it's blue. Mm. The, the packaging is blue. Is there any and citrus fruit that's ice. blue? Is there like a blue orange or something that oh, I forgot It smells about? good. All right, let's find out. Okay. Oh, I like it. Do you? <laughs> you like Thrive Ice? Do you know what it tastes like? What? It tastes like an orange creamsicle. That sounds great. Let me let me give you a pour. So yeah, you yeah, yeah. And you try this Alpha Punch. See if All you right. want to punch some alphas or be an alpha who punches. I don't know. Little, oh, I kind of like that one too. A little grapefruity for my taste. Oh, you're, you bad. don't like this stuff. I And I do. Yes. I'm well, keeping it. It's it's for non-gamers such as yourself as it turns out. Should we get to a clip or two and then try the other two flavors? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. So we're we'll, going to close this, up. this fuel and yeah. see how it propels us. We'll be sipping fuel throughout the show. And Brain Fuel folks, if you are listening, Tanya is an expert pole dancer. Maybe you should start marketing this to pole dancers because so no far... No shit. Because it requires so much concentration. I know. Physical... And physical stamina. Yeah. And we need recovery ingredients. So good. And a little caffeine to perk you up. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we're going to roll the ending theme song now. Badoom. That was a product review of a product. Now we're back. But we'll be talking about brain fuel again. Just you wait. And please hold on to your butts for our next brain fuel update throughout the show. (laughs) But instead of a brain fuel update, we're going to do a Bantran update. What, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's a Bantran update. It's a person situation. It's a Bantran update. Is it a permanent vacation? We are going to find you wherever you are. So... Last episode, we offered a $1,000 bounty, sort Mm. of, to anyone who can find this woman, Ban Tran, who created what I thought was the first playable named video game protagonist who was a woman. But I did a little bit more research. I also heard from a few people who are on the case. My old pal, Laura Kate Dale, is looking for Ban Tran. Laura Kate Dale, excellent author, excellent journalist. She's actually offered to be on the show in the summer to promote and talk about some books she wrote, which is Ooh, very exciting. let's get her on the show. Yeah, you don't know For Laura, sure. but you, you would love Laura. And also, Critical Kate Willart, who is at Kate Willart on Twitter, who has actually just been written about for Polygon.com. And I said, Kate, can I read some of these tweets on the show or at least paraphrase them? And she said, sure. And she may come on the show at some point too, which would be really exciting. She wrote about how she's been researching who the first video game protagonist who is a woman is for a while. And it looks like Billy Sue from this game, Wabbit, who was created by, we think created by Bantran, thought she was from Thailand, I might have said last time. But she is Vietnamese who programmed Wabbit, a game where you just shoot rabbits, the Atari 2600, for games by Apollo in Richardson, Texas. So for those of you who might be looking for her, sounds like she was in the Texas area, though she is Vietnamese from all accounts. And there was this guy, Dan Oliver, and this is all from Kate's 
Twitter feed if you want to read about it. He worked with her and in a 2013 forum post. Wow. And when I hear forum posts, I always think about like the seedy underbelly or there was this uh, pornographic uh, erotic fiction periodical called Penthouse Forums that oh. was quite the rage when I was a teen. Okay. You would just find a copy of Penthouse Forums like in a bush or like buried. Really? Yeah, because uh, in the day, back in the day before internet porn, you may not know this. Because you're so young and so sprightly. So but true. But the, the youth, they had to hide their pornography and they didn't even want to hide it in the house lest their parents find it. So they would just hide it outdoors, like in the backyard. Look, oh, go find a penthouse forums and read about an erotic trip to the gas station. Hope my dad doesn't catch me. Anyway. Wait, I have to tell you. Please. If you were my age and a girl, you were just watching Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> That's what you were doing. That was your porn. Sully. I'm somewhat familiar with him. When I think about that show, I think about sepia. I think about smiling Caucasians. I think about mild problems and a lot of underlying steaminess. Yeah, there's like, so much underlying steaminess. Right. Well, this Us is, girls, we were... Oh, my God. This is we overlying. Penthouse Forum is extremely explicit. Nice. And likewise, Dan Oliver on a non-Penthouse Forum <laughs> talking about Bantran... Getting it back to the subject matter. <laughs> doing my best. Was talking about how Bantran came up with ideas really fast and was the only new one in the group. And uh, it was an extremely intense concept that she came up with. Not this Wabbit game, but she had this other game that, according to Mr. Oliver, made Night Trap, which is a live-action video game where you're basically just going to get murdered all the time. Jeez. You're just a girl who's going to get murdered. That's the game. Look like a bedtime story for kids. 20 years ahead of its time, he says, and not possible to run on the kind of video game consoles that were out in 1982. Or wow. I think it was 82. It was the same year as Ms. Pac-Man, and there's been some debate about that. Is Ms. Pac-Man a woman? Because man is in the friggin' name. She's got no pants on, so no so discernible genitalia. She is she gendered. She's gendered as a woman, for sure, but is she female? Or is she sexless, I mean? She's gendered woman. Anyway, I could go on. Yeah. It's, it's I think back then they didn't argument. think about that kind of stuff. No, they just coded her as a woman and right, said that's exactly. enough. But Wabbit actually starred a real no, human woman yeah, named exactly. Billy Sue. And it was the first woman character of that nature on home consoles, according to Kate. And I, I trust Kate on this. So the other thing about Wabbit that I thought was pretty interesting that we found out was that the idea for it came from letters. So they used to have readers just write in and say, this is the kind of game I want, make it. And we'll talk about this a little bit later when wow. I tell you what happened in the news of Mass Effect. The players dictating what happens in a game is something that's been going on for a while. But yeah, they would just take reader mail and say, yeah, I guess we'll make a game about this. But the reader mail that was asking for a game, there's two letters about shooting a rabbit that they wanted. Hmm. Apparently, it was Bantran, from what they could tell, it was her idea to make the player a woman because the letters were requesting it be like a male farmer. At least that's what their guess is. But they think it was Ban who made it a woman because in the player's letters, it was male farmers. Interesting. And then she went to work on the 5200, make a game called Solar Fox, but I don't think it ever got released. And then Bantran just disappeared. Somebody knows where. I hope so. Like. I hope so. If she if she's still with us. So again, if you didn't listen to the last episode, I'll recap briefly. I offered a thousand dollars of yeah. my own money 
that I'm never getting back. It's not some sort of stock market scheme where I'm going to invest in you, the listener, and somehow get my money back. This show it doesn't have ads on it. We don't get money for this show. I mean, we're doing product placement for free here. <laughs> I got a There's free some, sip of some yeah, that's, troubling liquid. That's called the only brain. thing we're getting out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, keeping all of them. These these are your brain fuels now because I, I don't think I can I don't think I can hack it, but. Yeah, $1,000. If you can find Bantran, if you can confirm that it is Bantran, and if you can get Bantran to agree to be interviewed, even if it's just a brief five-minute yeah. interview on the show, say, Bantran, how are you? Bantran, why didn't you ever make a big deal out of yourself? Because you created one of the first woman characters in... I've got an idea. What if we even just had Bantran, say, come on the show and say, Hi, I'm Bantran, the creator of Wabbit. Would we still give the... I would give nine hundred and fifty dollars. That, that sounds great. Yeah, an extra fifty for the actual <laughs> for the for the actual interview. Like, I want I'm the actual it. interview. Any sort of Bantran would be a true treat. So that's our update. We may never do an update again. She may be impossible to find, but there are a few people out there looking for her, and I hope you join in the hunt and and be, of course, kind about it. I shouldn't use the word hunt. Don't be mean to Bantran if she wants. Yeah, don't her. harass her. Yeah, if her privacy is is something she wants to maintain then leave her to it. But if you find out in, through whatever means you can in a, in a polite and legal way that, oh yeah, Bantran's my my uncle's wife or something like that. She'd love to be on the show. There could be $1,000 in it for you. So that's our update. Find that Bantran for a thousand bucks. All right, so moving right along, a lot of segments so far, but we want to get back to one of our regulars. Kaiju is here to talk to us about something I was not prepared to hear about what was on the edge of my seat about one of her greatest fears. Mm. Take it away, Kaiju. Getting cozy with Kaiju. It's time to learn and grow. So cozy with Kaiju. Like a diamond in the snow. Welcome back, Kaiju. So happy to have you back and so excited to hear what's on your mind this time. Just whatever you want to talk about. Video games? Video games. It's got to be video games, but other than that, it can be anything you want. Hi, Jonathan. I'm so glad to be back. Oh, good. I've missed everybody. So what do you want to talk about this time? So I kind of wanted to talk about my scariest video game story. Because I don't like horror games, and everybody's going crazy for that Resident Evil vampire lady. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's a time of feeling left out if that's not where your interest is, <laughs> isn't it? It's more like, please tag your scary art, because you make me cry. Oh, no! <laughs> it, it's, it's just in your feed. It's in Constantly. your face, wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's tough so so help us to understand how it affects your emotional state when you see scary things and what that, what that scary story is so everybody knows that i don't play horror video games because i don't like them mm. and the only one i've ever played all the way through is resident evil 4 that is not my scariest video game moment it's actually slightly adjacent to that huh so, do you remember when the Silent Hill movie came out all those years ago? Yes, there was a movie that was a light adaptation 
and used a lot of the same imagery, though the symbolism was a little bit different. I saw it in theaters. I was spooked. It was mm-hmm. spooky. Yeah, it did a pretty mm-hmm. good job. How, how'd it go for you? I saw it in theaters and I started crying. Uh, I was with my brother. It was a f- opening weekend, I think. And it was a very full theater. And we ended up sitting in like the third row. And I don't like scary anything. But I was like, it's Silent Hill. It can't be that bad. It's pretty bad. It was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for me, I have chronic nightmares. Oh. And... So incredibly violent or gory, especially gory imagery, doesn't do well for my poor brain. No. <laughs> so I don't play a lot of scary games. Yeah. Um, so we went and saw Silent Hill. <laughs> and uh, I didn't sleep very well for a, quite a while after that. Oh, no. Do you remember I the can... scariest part? What was the part that really got you? Pyramid Head. Mm, uh-huh. I think he like I don't really want to talk exactly about it <laughs> because it's gonna make me feel real queasy again. But he does something real gross with some skin, and I did not like that. Um, <laughs> oh, no. It's so many. There's been so many Pyramid Head things. You know, Pyramid Head is in a Konami kart racer. You can be like Bomberman or Simon Belmont or Pyramid Head. Like he's a cute little friend. Uh, But in that movie and in other appearances, he's not a cute little friend. This story gets better. It does? That's not the scary part. Really? It gets funnier. So later on that year, we went to my very like first big anime convention. And we were walking down the hall. I used to cosplay. I don't much anymore. I'm working on getting back into it, and that's for various reasons. But anyway, Mm. we're walking down the hall. We're heading to some panel or something, and we're at this anime convention. It's in a beautiful hotel, and we're just wandering around. And I was with some friends, and we were all talking. And I look up, and directly in front of me is one of the best pyramid head cosplayers (laughs) that I have ever seen in my life. Oh, no. And my... Body stopped working. Wow. I have never been so fucking terrified in my life (laughs) that my legs literally stopped working. And I had that, you know, that anime moment where somebody's just so distraught. They're like, oh, and their legs kind of like buckle and they fall down. I just sank to the floor. Wow. From cosplay? (laughs) From a cosplayer walking by. I had never seen a Pyramid Head cosplayer in real life. And just seeing Pyramid Head after seeing that movie. Wow. <laughs> walking down the hallway. Your body just checked I out. Just said, no down. thanks. I'm not going to have a body. I'm just going to melt. It's going to turn into oh, this floor. Wow. Yeah. So I sat there on the floor for a good five minutes. What did the cosplayer do? Did the cosplayer he... didn't see me. Because he was too big and, and <laughs> had a big thing on his head. He had a pyramid on his head. Well, this, this gets better. So <laughs> I go into Artist Alley later. And Artist Alley has a stage that like the cosplay contest would have been on. It wasn't the same stage because this was like a big hotel with conference halls, right? And I'm wandering around Artist Alley. And fucking Pyramid Head is sitting on the <laughs> stage. <laughs> Just wow. sitting on the stage, like legs dangling over the side, kicking his kicking his legs. Was it the same one? It was the same one. Wow. Uh-huh. And 
as I like I I'm walking down the aisle and this just pyramid head is right there. <laughs> and then he takes off his head and sets it down next to him. And it's a woman. Wow. <laughs> and I go up to her. And I'm just like, this is gonna sound really horrifying or maybe weird. I don't know, but um you're scaring the fuck out of me. <laughs> wow. And, and she must we, have been flattered, I guess. Yep, she apologized. <laughs> and then I gave her some candy and it was fine. But like, yeah, that's my uh, scariest video game. <laughs> it, it, it's incredible because that's what happens in the game. Pyramid Head stalks <laughs> you in a way that's akin to Nemesis and Lady Dimitrescu is what people are guessing she'll do in Resident Evil Village and whatnot. And that happened to you at an actual anime convention, yet... Unlike in the games, Pyramid Head took off the mask, revealed herself to be somebody you could empathize with, and you fed them. You fed them candy, and they said sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. Of course you do. Oh, so it had a happy ending in the end. (laughs) Well, I'm wondering can't yeah. play silent hill to this day and if i hear the like tornado sound, we don't have them here but if i hear them in media or whatever it triggers the same terror response oh, my goodness <laughs> yeah it was so so uh, so pyramid head unmasking and becoming someone you could feed didn't right the wrong didn't reprogram your brain's fear reaction to that character you still have it yep yeah it was the skin Man, it was the skin. <laughs> I think, well, I think it's your skin. You you have very sensitive skin emotionally. <laughs> you want you 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 feel so much what's going on around you. You're you're hyper empathetic. And that goes double for when something is a, a very feel bad idea. The bad feelings as well as the good go into you and you're kind of stuck just having this ultra ultra intense emotional experience in life for better or worse yeah but it's but it's why you can love stuff like the sims and feel so much from that where other people just see oh it's not real looks like toys kind of uh but you can really get enmeshed in that and and all sorts of stuff with your with your fans your followers you're on twitter just telling people that have a great day and that you're proud of us all the time. You're just sharing as much good as you can. You're like, you're like those old Mormon commercials. You ever <laughs> see those? Except I don't think you're a Mormon. There are these old Mormon commercials. The Mormons wanted to look good. So they paid to have commercials on TV just telling people to be nice, like, make a pizza for a stranger, make him eat it, he'll be smiling all day with your pizza, and then you can greet him, and then, like, high-five him, and he's like, thanks for the pizza. No? You didn't see those? No. <laughs> They're real. I'll send you one. Um, I don't think there's one with that exact lyrics. Yeah. And you're like that for real life. You're not even doing it because any particular person or faith or place told you to. You're just a... A natural Mormon commercial in the best possible <laughs> way. Thank you. I think. Definitely. I'm still thinking about those. Still thinking about those commercials. They're some of the best. And I hope they I hope they give you the same reaction that I get from you. Oh if goodness, that makes sense. Just... I almost said it right. I came close. People will understand. Oh, well, on that note, Kai, I hope it's not this long again. And it's been so good to have you back. And we'll talk again soon. I can't wait. 
Thank you, Kaiju, for being a wonderful queen. See you next time. Oh, man. I've gotten to know Kaiju for, for weeks now, but a new level of heartened. Hearing about her fears and then her empathy shining through mm-hmm. her fears. What a way to persevere in the face of horror and Pyramid Head. I don't know if you're familiar with the character, Tanya. You, you were actually talking, I think, last time about Resident Evil and Silent Hill, mixing them up a little bit. But yes. you're familiar with Silent Hill more so than Resident Evil. I Definitely. Think. Yeah. yeah. So, I like Silent Hill. Hmm. From the movie. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I've never played the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's uh, five, four numbered ones, and then the original team left. And this guy, I actually know Tom Hewlett, really nice guy, who won like some tournament in video games when he was like a kid. He's like a prodigy of video games, if I remember correctly. And then just started working in them, hustling hard, and loved Silent Hill. Picked it up from there and made, I think, three or four games with him after that. But the series is more or less dead now. Yeah, that's too bad. It is. It is. There was going to be yet another Silent Hill movie. I believe there were two. And they were going to keep going with that. But Pyramid Head has sort of become the symbol of the series. Right. And I don't know if you know this, but Pyramid Head was originally supposed to symbolize the need of the protagonist of Silent Hill to torture himself because he is such a butthead. He's a real butt munch. Really? Yeah. I think he did some murders. So you think you're the good guy, you're playing the game, you assume, oh, I'm the good guy. No, turns out you, I think, are in some sort of afterlife and your subconscious that hates you has manifested itself as this terrifying demon, Pyramid Head, who has a giant... Sickle? Is it? A big old knife sword. Oh, it's a knife sword. Type deal. Yeah. Though I think he might have a sickle in later games. But he was very specifically supposed to be part of the, this character, James Sutherland, I believe his name is. A part of his subconscious that wants to torture him for the terrible things that he did. And he <laughs> thinks he's a good guy. You think he's a good guy. I think most evil people think they're good guys. But it turns out James did some pretty terrible stuff. Yeah. And it's been a while since I played that game. But this meant a lot to people. There's actually a great new book by Mike Drucker about Silent Hill 2 that I'd love for people to read. Mike Drucker is a writer for the Samantha Bee Show. And he's a, a great comedy writer. But he really gets into the depths of the true psychological horror hmm. of Silent Hill really well in this new book by Boss Fight Books. I actually pitched a book to Boss Fight to write about Deadly Premonition. And they said, we love it, but we're not going to do it right now. But maybe later. But they quoted me in their Majora's Mask book. Hmm. So if you want to read me by the Majora's Mask book, there's a whole page of me in there. It was pretty, That's awesome. pretty fun. Majora's Mask is uh, Legend of Zelda. Another oh, okay. psychological uh, sort of horror, like a light Goosebumps level horror, oh, I, I would like say. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a fun one. So that's Pyramid Head in a nutshell as far as I can remember. Is that your recollection of the character, too? Do you even remember him from the movie? I did, but I really just like the creepy feel of it. I like movies that err on the side of ghosty and creepy and supernaturally as opposed to the gore side. Mm, sure. So I think things that startle or scare you. Like, I liked the nurse scene where they're all frozen and then they kind of move, but ah. they in the dark or whatever. Uh, that kind of stuff I really enjoy. I don't like things that are overtly, I mean, this is overtly scary, but just, but there's a little bit of suspense and a little bit of, you know, kind of a ghosty feel to it that Mm. I like. Yeah, ghosts can be a a fun, spooky time. And the thing about ghosts is that they play with your understanding of reality. Like, am I going out of my mind? Is that a real ghost? Am I misinterpreting this? The rules of reality have broken. And am I going to be able to navigate this new concept of reality, which is 
something that when you're when you're struggling with uh, mental illness may come up. Yeah. So my favorite ghost stories, uh, the old haunting movie, is about a woman who is basically just getting gaslit. She's like, "Am I crazy or are there ghosts?" And it turns out they're just being buttheads and, and trying to make her go crazy because they want her money or something like that. Anyway, we're gonna cut over to Tonberry, who's gonna talk about Lady Dimitrescu who we talked about in the last episode, but we can never get enough of that. And yep. I want to get Tonberry's take on Lady Dimitrescu, so that's going to be exciting. What's your grudge? I want to hear about it. Tell me about that grudge. Tonberry, I'm so glad you're back. I've missed you. It hasn't been the same without you, but here you are. Are you mm-hmm. snacking on something? Yeah. <laughs> what are you snacking I'll, on? I went looking for some of them artisanal potato chips, like I said. Did you, did you, did you find any? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're eating them now. Mm-hmm. Now so you, you knew we were you knew we were gonna be talking. It's a it's an audio call. It's all sound. And the sound of potato chips is not quiet. It's a loud, crunchy sound. And what's really gonna get to you later on <laughs> is gonna... how does a creature without a mouth eat potato chips so loudly? So, so you are aware that this is the outcome, and you are choosing it, and I'm going to endorse that choice. We're going to run with it, and we're going to find out what your grudge is this time on this episode. What is it this time? What is the grudge? This time, honestly, I've been happier than angry lately. Really? Really? Because, well, yeah, like, like the rest of the internet, I've just been completely immersed in... The world of, of Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil 8. That's right. Resident Evil Village and the, the Roman numeral 8 fits in the word village. I didn't even mention that last time we talked about it. So is that is show. that the title? Is that it, the title? Resident Evil Village. So it's, it's not just Resident a, Evil 8. It, the, the, I have been corrected. If you call it Resident Evil 8, people will say it's village. But when you spell village, you're putting a Roman numeral 8 in there. So you're it's a two for one. It's not a bad deal. I guess. I don't know why they don't just call it Resident Evil 8. You know, you know how it is. You've got to be cute these days. You got to wow people. You got to let them know you're different. Got to let them know you're special. You got to put a nine foot tall vampire plague woman who can grow claws like Lady Deathstrike, the old Wolverine villain. But she's a middle aged, sexy lady, I think. She she is. Is that what she is? She certainly is. And she's got that, that, smooth, sort of low, kind of, I think people call it a bedroom voice. Mm. I mean, the only thing I've heard her say is, well, well, Ethan Winters. Sounds a little bit like Mrs. Doubtfire. But but sexy Doubtfire and a monster as well. So it's a mom, a monster, a Doubtfire, a unobtainably tall beauty, and also a weathered experienced person whom <laughs> I, I don't know if I said this last time. Is that the chips? That's the chips, isn't it? That's the chips. Yeah, they're, they're not bad. They're all right. <laughs> so my take on Lady Dimitrescu, I can't remember if I said this last time, so I'm sorry that if I did, but Resident Evil 8, they're like, what if there was a classy lady who was loving every minute of it and she would just pick these guys up and eat them if she wanted. She she just treats them like a doll. She she one ups all the grumpy, gruff, wait. macho guys of games of old and uh, shows them how it's done. Wait, wait, wait! 
You said she eats guys and treats them like a... Do you eat dolls? <laughs> I don't, what the I don't. fuck, man? <laughs> well... I collection the hell away from you. I don't need you biting fucking Riku's head off or anything. I didn't say that. I, I am not like her in that way. But it's a, it's a way of showing dominance to be able to pick somebody up and, and, and eat them. And also treat them like a toy if you wanted. Anyway, enough out of me. Before I get myself into more trouble. Uh, what do you think of Lady Dimitrescu? I think that she's fantastic. Having said all that, the bar for interest in women in this <coughs> medium. <coughs> it's a very fancy word, medium. It's, it's mm-hmm. one that you only talk about when you're really getting into the art of games and you've <laughs> prepped it with an enormous belch, which uh, combined class and sass in a way that is actually a little bit Lady, Lady Dimitrescu-esque because she's very classy, but also very brutal and very guttural. I bet she burps like a champion. <laughs> and that's somebody's fetish. But think about how low the bar is that, I mean, Lady Dimitrescu is not all that different from a from a lot of lady villains in video games. She's Mm -hmm. just older and bigger. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you could argue that there's that sense of joy that she takes in what she does, which is important. But just at a glance, what's the difference between her? And the last time a woman was playable in the in the Resident Evil games, which I think was what's her goddamn name, Ada Wong. Ada Wong. Uh-huh. Ada Wong was in Resident Evil Six, and then they had that cool girl Sheva in Resident Evil Five. Yep. And then the remakes, of course, you've got Jill Valentine in the recent Resident Evil Three remake, and she's fighting against Nemesis. And this is, I think, is sort of the context for folks these days. Those remakes are fresh in people's minds, and there are these big, gray, black, grumpy guys, the Mr. X and Nemesis, stalking you. And it was like, ugh. But now it's a uh, sassy, classy lady coming for you. And they, they feel like that's a spark of originality. And you were saying that, well, is it really that original? Is it really is that it- mind-blowing? That it's is just it a woman really, this time. I mean, because, I mean, and look, I already know there's going to be people in the, the comments or whatever. I don't know if podcasts have comment sections like YouTube does, but there's going to be people being like, well, that's rich coming from a Tonberry. I mean, you're from Final Fantasy. What's what's a standout original character in a Final Fantasy game as far as ladies go? Mm. Yeah. And you know what? Say what you want. About characters like Tifa or Aerith or Rydia or uh, uh, Maria, if you want to go really, really far back. Hmm. I don't even remember Aerith. Maria. Maria was from Final Fantasy 2. That game ain't great. Right. Uh-huh. There's a lot of Final Fantasy women with a lot of different styles to them. Uh, I immediately, when I saw Lady Dimitrescu, I thought sort of like the witch from Final Fantasy 8. Idea, I think her name is. Idea. Yeah, I know her. <laughs> like, personally. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Perhaps we've met. Perhaps she has a sweet tea recipe that she shared with me. You don't know. I couldn't prove it either way. That's right. Damn right you couldn't. Nobody's guessed it yet, which one I'm from. 
But anyway. <laughs> That's right. We've got to get back to that. But just because she's unoriginal, does that mean that there is a problem? Or is it more that she's a good start and you have an idea of how she could be even better? Well, I was thinking about it because women in video games are not often allowed to be terrifying without also being sexy in a way. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the first time we ever spoke, it was about Mortal Kombat, and I, I, I mentioned Melina in brief. That's right. And I'm not going to look you dead in the eyes tell you I don't love Melina. Of course I love Melina. But she's just a sexy, vaguely unhinged lady, and then you take the mask off and she's got, like, teeth, messed up teeth, just going to eat you with them. That's right. Molar textures, I think you once told me about. And it's true. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Just in Resident Evil alone, I talked about it last time, there's plenty of women that have been in the series, and they've either been pitiable or sexy. There's never been a space in between where they're just sort of a person who might also be scary. It's either like tortured and I feel bad for them, but they're gross or tortured and sexy, or in this case, just um, middle-aged sexy with Lady Dimitrescu. I mean, and and look, I'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing, but why can't we have more ladies like, well, actually in Mortal Kombat, they got one that's kind of a step in the right direction. Uh, Her name's Devorah. Whoa, not familiar with her. She showed up in in Mortal Kombat X in 2015, but she's just like, you remember QB from Darkstalkers? Oh, sure. Yep. Imagine that, but not remotely sexy and, and, and in a Mortal Kombat game. Really? So she's just this chitinous, carapace, vaguely feminine shape, I guess. Uncanny valley movements. She twitches and throws bugs and slime at you. Sounds great. Yeah, it's (laughs) disgusting. And I love it. And does she, is she tortured or is she having a decent time with it? Or she doesn't care. It's just doing her thing. I think the most tortured she is i mean she's technically one of the last of her kind Mm. but all that seems to mean to her is that there's more people for her to eat so she's fine with it yeah she doesn't she doesn't even give a damn and you know maybe that's the key agency Mm. Mm -hmm. but you know that first impression that first look does count for quite a bit because i've known that bayonetta was awesome if i just looked at her That's another another character I've been care- comparing Lady Dimitrescu to is Bayonetta, and I'm I'm with you 100. When I first saw Bayonetta, I thought they are pandering, and then when I played the game, I realized, okay, yes, you are still pandering, but that's not all there is to this character. There's a lot of comedy, a lot of originality, a lot of spirit and agency, as you're saying, that drives that character and makes her more than what she appears to be on the surface, and. I'm hoping we get that with Lady Dimitrescu as well, but remains to be seen. I, I think it's a little bit of this Boba Fett effect as well. Boba Fett is someone who, when you don't know anything about them, you can fill in all the blanks for yourself and the character really comes alive in your imagination and you can project yourself on them easily as well. Uh, Boba Fett was incredibly popular when all he had was two lines, I think, in, in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Lady Dimitrescu, like you're saying, we only know that one line of her right now, so it's easy for us to fill in the blanks and get excited 
And the proof will be in the pudding when the game comes out in May, I think. We'll see if she actually makes good on all the goodwill that she's summoned up in the fan base so far. Yeah. But ultimately, where I come down on is we will truly live in a society that embraces women in their totality Mm. when women in video games are allowed to be gross (laughs) with no caveats of any kind. And the closest I've seen, just to shut them commenters up, was in Final Fantasy XV because they took the summon beast Leviathan that's Mm -hmm. in a lot of the Final Fantasy games, just a big angry fish, and they didn't change anything fundamentally about the appearance of Leviathan. It's just a big angry fish snake dragon and they're like, well, this one's a girl. Huh. And sometimes that's all it takes. Just say one of the scary monsters is a girl. Primal Rage did it. It was Vertigo. The thing with like the snake cobra head. Oh, I remember now. Yeah. I remember thinking, why couldn't you make it one of the ones that is like raw strength? Because the snake one was a little bit more sneaky. And I was like, eh, is this trying to say that, like, women have to be sneaky in order to win a fight? I hope not. I overdo it sometimes. I stretch a bit, as so I've been told. But that was the feeling I got at the time. But still, a cool, giant monster that is a, is a woman. Yeah, I can't complain. I mean, look at me. <clears throat> you're, you're, in my opinion, the way to do it. The only way you could be even better is if <laughs> you suddenly turn into Roch, uh, uh, Randy Macho Man Savage. I don't know if you can do that. That's the most transparent (laughs) thing I ever heard. The only way I could be better than I am is if I just suddenly decided to be the cream. Yeah, because the cream always rises to the top, not just for the Intercontinental Championship belt, but the World Championship belt. Oh, yeah. No one does it better. Oh, how'd you? <laughs> okay, so you're—I know it was a transparent ask, but you did prove you are the greatest video game character of all time. So, congratulations! Oh yeah, <laughs> bearer. I told my Undertaker. I told him I was the best, <laughs> and he said. Well, we don't need to get into what he said. He's actually kind of a dick, but... <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. I've, I'm out of time. I have to go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being you. Well, if you've got to go to bed, then rest in peace. She told about her grudge. Now let's get back to the show. Thanks, Tom Barry. Woo, so... Tonberry, another level of taking me places that I didn't think we were going to go. And then suddenly my voice changed, which we'll talk about that a little bit later. But her voice changed intensely. Oh, in in such good ways. Intentionally. I had no idea a human being or a Tonberry or whatever she may be could become Macho Man in that way. We're going to have a little bit more brain fuel. We're bringing it back to that. I need it. You need it. I'm going to drink some Limitless Berry. I'm, I'm having the peach mango, which is victory bliss. Wow. Yeah. I think this is, they think that this is what video game guys want, is limitlessness and victories and bliss and berries. Maybe they're right. I don't know. We'll I'm find out. It. It's, it's, it's cloudy. Ooh, it's, I really wanted this one, and it's not the way I want it to be. Let's give it another quick sip. All right. Uh, 
I'm gonna pour this one for you. It's Should a little just... painful. Uh, you have big sips. I know, I'm a big sipper. <laughs> All right, I'm okay with Victory Bliss. Oh, I'm okay with Limitless. This tastes like a Starburst. Yeah. It tastes like the pink Starburst. A little bit. And I think that I think the... I just sold this for brain fuel because <laughs> do you know how many people love the pink Starburst? I didn't know that. So many it's people. It's the they, Starburst, right? Yeah, you seek that one out. It's the pink or the red. You're not going for the yellow or the orange. Oh, I'm such a yellow the... and orange guy. Oh, really? Big time, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They, those are a little more bright. Yeah, I suppose so. More citrusy. But anyways, this brain fuel, Limitless Berry, push the limits with this one, guys, <laughs> because it's similar to a Starburst. <laughs> and you like the Thrive Ice, which I didn't mention before, tasted to me a little bit like Smarties. So you like the candy style brain fuels. I, I kind of like brain. them all. Yeah. Yeah. You're a candy brain fuel girl. And that's nothing And that's wrong. my candy brain fuel world. <laughs> so so poor, poor Tom Berry. I want to get back to her. Such amazing thoughts as always. Of course, she cracks us up with her ability to suddenly become several different human beings, such as Randy Macho Man Savage and the Undertaker's old sidekick, Paul Bearer. I don't know if you knew who that's the... Yeah. Really, really surprising. But of course, great insights as well. Why can't women be gross in video games? Women can be strong. Women can be tortured. Women can be monsters. But why can't they just fart and belch and have boogers? Men don't do it as much, but there is Booger Man, who is an icon of the 90s. I don't know if you knew about that. He's a superhero, Hmm. mostly booger-themed. There's, there's a lot of men who will get gross for a little bit in, in multiple video games. But for women, there's been less of that. And my guess is it's all about whether there's a loud enough audience asking for that. And we found that out recently with Mass Effect. Mass Effect is getting a re-release. They're doing all new graphics for it. Mass Effect, if you haven't played it, is one of the classic sci-fi games that sort of brought the feeling of being in a show like Star Trek, some compared it to Star Wars. I definitely saw much more Star Trek in it, where you're engaging with a bunch of different alien races, but there's a larger looming threat that symbolizes sort of the end of life and a a takeover of something that's... I am familiar with this game. Are you? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I I think it was slow moving. Yeah. There's a a lot of choices. Hey, everybody. It's Tanya. I'm taking a brief moment in the editing process to punch in a little something here just to clarify some things. Jonathan right now is trying to be very kind to me. Validate my feelings while also saying you're so wrong. The reality is I thought he was talking about No Man's Sky and he was talking about Mass Effect. I know nothing about Mass Effect, but No Man's Sky, I thought it was boring. We could talk about that later. Back to the show. And people really wanted their choices to matter. And it really said to people, your voice matters. You are interacting with this game in a way where you're truly a part of it. And what you choose in the game will choose what happens in the game and you're sort of a co-developer in a way. You are, it's a choose your own adventure, but you're also creating the adventure as you go. So people were very disappointed with Mass Effect when the final game came out and they found out all their choices didn't really matter. I don't remember the specifics, but 
the ending to the whole series, I believe it had a bunch of different colored lights mm. and the lights were different colors based on whether you made choices that were moral or choices that were amoral along the way. But that was it. Fans thought it was gonna be a much bigger deal. So fans desperately wanted their voices to be heard. So they yelled and screamed about it and then they redid the ending. Hmm. So the fans' choices in the game didn't matter, but their choices out of the game, where they made it into a game to demand that the game become what they wanted it to, their win state for this is, can we be the ones who manipulate this multi-million dollar company, I think it's Electronic Arts, into doing whatever we want, and they won! And it's never been the same since, frankly. Ever yeah. since then, I've seen so many petitions, so many movements to try to get the video game publishers and developers to do what the players want. And the players think that they can boss them around, essentially. And 10 years out, what the new version of Mass Effect is doing differently is there's less ass. Mm. There's less ass. They think that what the players want... Is less ass? <laughs> yeah. But apparently... I think it was the first Mass Effect. There was camera angles that just showed this woman Miranda's ass the whole time. Yep. She's talking about, like, oh, my sister's been tortured. And it's just her ass as she's telling you this. And you see your player character, you can be a man or a woman, looking at her, like, trying to pay attention. But the player is just watching her ass. Right. So the player character is trying to make eye contact with her. But you are making ass contact or eye-to-ass contact <laughs> with her the whole time. And they cut that stuff out. Because it was extremely tacky by most people's standards. But people are mad. People are saying, give me my ass back. Yeah. They can play the old version of the game and get all the ass they want. But they want it in the new version too because they want their demographic to be catered to. They want to know that ass-loving gamers <laughs> chugging brain fuel <laughs> thinking about ass are the most catered to, the most valued audience members. Well, I also wonder if people are... You're going for I'm it. I'm drinking some more brain fool, yeah. Yeah, it's um, good. Mm -hmm. Um, th this isn't even you know scripted. You're just no. you're just choosing. To I was drink dissing it. brain fuel. I guess trying to be funny earlier, but turns out I just like brain fuel. I do too. I <laughs> I like this flavor for sure. Yeah. I think I like all of them. But what I was also thinking is, I feel like players may say, "I want the ass because it's nostal like it's part of the old game." Nostas. Nostalgia. Nos yeah, I can't do it. Nostalgia. <laughs> you did it. Thank you. Yeah, they don't want they, change to happen. They And they feel like, by me saying I want it to be like the old game, it's like, don't change. Mm. You know, when a sequel comes out and they've replaced a main character, you mm. know, Aunt Viv is different now or something <laughs> like that. Sure. Yeah. People don't like that kind of a change, but what the reality is, is they just want to see the ass. <laughs> well, but my first thought was, I hope that they go back to the drawing board and actually rewrite some of the characters because it came out not that long ago. And this shocked me. I was shocked. Mass Effect 2 has a character named Jack, kind of a, a tortured woman, buying into the tortured woman uh, trope again, where, oh, women always have to survive trauma and blah, blah, blah. But the original writers wanted her to be pansexual, mm -hmm. and they wanted you to be able to romance her if you were uh, playing as the, the man character or the woman character. And if I remember correctly, you couldn't romance her as the woman character because she's not attracted to women. That's not what they wanted, but because Fox News was criticizing Mass Effect for being too 
sexual and it's like for kids or something and it's an m-rated game as far as i remember so it's not for kids but the bosses who are running the company told the writers you can't have that character be pansexual it's too controversial it's gonna get us bad press in fox news so they were actually censored by fox news wow in so many words and i see very few people complaining about that people are complaining about this ass reduction Okay. Yeah, it's it's not even. It's not fair. The ass is the same, actually. It's just ass camera angles, ass shot reduction is what we're talking about. Yeah, that's but rewriting not right. a whole character, they're like, oh, I guess, I guess that's fine. I hope they go back to the drawing board on that, and I hope that's the audience who gets catered to is the people who actually want the writers to have their original vision told. And since when did Fox News give a shit about video games? They love to find a new boogeyman now and again, and for a little while it was Mass Effect and these, you know, newfangled video games the kids are playing. Uh, you know, a lot of video game people were pro-Trump for a bit, and then Trump came out and said, actually, video games are the reason we're doing mass shootings, and that all fell apart. So, right. So, yeah, people hope that there's going to be some sort of politician that has an answer to the video game question on either side of the aisle. People are hoping that there's a politician who's going to shut down video games or someone who's going to lift it up. But in the end, it's just another industry that they don't really understand. I think it's going to be a long time until we have someone in office. It's certainly not going to be... Joe Biden, who's going <laughs> to understand video games. Uh, maybe. Maybe it'll be Kamala. Maybe it'll be Kamala. Yeah. Kamala. <laughs> once, uh, once I say <laughs> confidently. <laughs> Kamala, though, one time someone asked her, so who's your favorite rapper? And she was like, uh, Tupac? Like, she doesn't like, she doesn't like rap. She, she wants to Do be Do you think cool. she even likes music? I feel I don't like know. she's probably working all the time. Yeah, she is into work. That's Too much for sure. work. And some people just don't like music, but that's a, that's a whole other conversation. So anyway, I hope I wasn't too harsh with anybody in that whole Mass Effect conversation, particularly the game developers and the choices they're making, because game development is a true challenge and there's so many variables that you can't have any sort of forewarning about how they're going to go. You just have to throw luck to the wind, throw caution to the wind? Caution to the wind. Caution to the wind, and roll your dice right. in the wind, windy dice, <laughs> see what number comes up. The wind may blow your dice around. There's nothing you can do and about it. And if you it. play your cards right. <laughs> in the wind, with with your fate. And you have a rule of thumb. <laughs> Then you just may come out on top. And we have somebody to talk about that. Uh, and I hopefully I'm not too hard on them either. It's Alice. And she's going to tell us about a game she's working on. Sounds good. Alice has no malice, so we love her so. When she wants to make a video game. So I'm here with Alice. Hello, Alice. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm just sitting here like I always am. I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> You are probably working harder than you're letting on. You already have this air of humility, which is just so darn charming. And is that a, a British accent? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. European, too. So so cultured, so exciting. You're going to talk about a video game that you are working on. What's the, what's the name of the game? Does it have a name already? It doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, well, I know that feeling. The name... The project file is called Annie after the main character, so we can call it Annie for now. All right. Annie. That's a, yes. an evocative name, one that people usually associate with the orphan. And what is Codename Annie all about so far? It is a 
sort of exploration game, if you think like Zelda, but with rather than real-time combat, I wanted to make it feel, I wanted to build it more around turn-based combat, but not in Pokemon style, in Fire Emblem style. So you've got a grid of tiles and characters, you can move them around on there to do their different moves. Interesting. And is Annie the leader of a army or uh, does Annie split into parts and kind of become her own one person army? Uh, I think it'll be more like a a small party of characters like you might get in Final Fantasy or Dungeons and Dragons, which is one of the other non-video game inspirations. Oh, cool. All right. So that sense of a, a small group working together, I'm assuming there's going to be some story beats there as they interact yep, with each other. Yep. And their chemistry as a group will be reflected in their capacity to win in battles against... Against who? Who are they fighting against? I'm not sure about that yet, either. <laughs> what? So some... anything's possible? Anything's possible. I'm thinking maybe some standard slimes, maybe. <laughs> Gotta have slimes. <laughs> There's something about the slime, right, that makes you feel as though you're in trouble. Because, hey, this is slime. We've all experienced slime in our lives. Some yep. sort of goo that's caused us trouble. Sometimes it's just having a runny nose and it's uh, embarrassing. Uh, but at the same time, not as threatening as like, let's say, a tiger or a god, which uh, a lot of these <laughs> video games, have. you're just fighting god later. Starting off oh, with the yeah. slime, it's a little bit less intimidating. And oftentimes people really get charmed by those slimes in the long run. The Dragon Quest slime is one of the, like... It's like the Mario of Japan. No, wait, Mario is the Mario of Japan. But it's one of the biggest mascots in Japan, isn't it? The Dragon Quest slime. It is. And it is, to me, one of the perfect monster character designs because you relate with it. You look at it and it's almost like a smiley face where you uh, you can see yourself in it and think, yeah. oh, it feels good, so I feel good. But you also want to hit it. And, <laughs> and hitting it feels good, too. So you kind of get um, best of both worlds there. I think it's because it's got a sort of whimsy to it, mm -hmm. where like it, when you're hitting a lot of monsters, like you're act, you're actively hurting the monster. But when you hit a slime, it's just a slime, so it wibbles and it's fine. <laughs> That's such a great point. Yeah, it's it's violent, but you're hitting something that doesn't really receive the impact because it's part liquid, so it still smiles throughout. I've, I've never seen one not smiling. So, so great point. So speaking of smiling, how much have you been smiling? In the process of trying to make this... Uh, hmm? oh, sorry, your mic went a bit weird there. You might have oh, to that out. Okay, gotcha. Should I repeat the question? Uh, yes, please. All right, so... But you hear me now, okay? Yes, but I think you've been pitch shifted down, and I don't know how that's happened. <laughs> what? I'm like uh, a deep-throated Barry White type guy now? Yeah. <laughs> gonna be exciting to try to cut this together but i can still hear you fine so that's fine we'll just hope people run with it so i'll ask the question again so i believe i said how much have you been smiling in the process of trying to make this video game how how tough has it been very tough it's <laughs> i have very little experience with programming or animating and just trying to put things together can be difficult and it takes hours and hours of work sometimes to get this code working in a way that doesn't break other code and but when you get it done ah oh, it's just so satisfying when you get something done and it works fine and you can just 
boot up the game and watch the little characters run around, do their things, and all the little graphics and text. Oh, that sounds awesome. That's the the feeling of getting good at a video game. So I've heard from many developers over the years that making a game is like playing a really hard game. And once you get good at a game, it's really satisfying to go back and beat the enemies that you got your butt kicked by in the start of the game. But now that you've gained all these skills and abilities, it's uh, a cakewalk. And game development, so I'm told, can be the same thing. That once you master certain aspects of code and animation, that it's actually fun to go back and do it. But the, the issue is, and you may have heard this one before too, going back to those old areas in a game can also be boring. And it's like, oh, I just have to backtrack through this zone and I know how to beat all these enemies so it's not fun or it's not engaging. It's just busy work. And there's some of that in game development too. Have you gotten to that part where you're doing the parts of game development that aren't hard anymore, but they're just kind of a chore? I did have a experience somewhat like that with the movement programming for when you're just wandering around the overworld, not in combat. At uh. first... I had coded it so you have a little bit of momentum and it felt quite nice to move around. But then I rewrote the rendering so that it would display pixels correctly. Like, you, have you played Stardew Valley and you see how, like, when you swing your sword in Stardew Valley, it's all pixel art, but you can tell it's not pixel art in the same way as on a NES. It's like a higher resolution and the sprites are all just blown up pixel art. So you can see... They're overlapping and rotating and stuff like that. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. For a lot of pixel artists, a real faux pas, like they get really upset about that. Yeah, and I got really upset about my game doing that. So I decided to rewrite the display code to make it so that it would not be like that. And the pixels would all be perfectly aligned in place. But because of the momentum, when you move diagonally, Annie would just sort of vibrate because she's moving left and then up and then left and then up, but at different rates when she's moving diagonally. Oh, man. And there was no way of seeing that coming. And and you had it working before. And then in order to make it, you uh, inadvertently broke it. You, you had to break it to make it and then remake it? Yep. So eventually I just had to cut out the momentum altogether. It's not like overworld movement is a particularly important part of the game, but it did it did hurt to cut out that code that I'd spent so long on oh, man. and rewrite it. Yeah. yeah, I've had a few people say to me, well, you like video games. I like money. Why don't you make <laughs> one and then we'll get paid? I'm like, so what are you going to do in there? They're like, I will have the ideas. I'm like, I... <laughs> so it's really, really hard. It's even harder than writing a book. And they said, no. How could it be harder than writing a book? That's the hardest thing. And me who have written, you know, thousands and thousands, maybe millions of words about video games over the years can speak with authority about how writing words is a lot easier than writing code for a video game and making the graphics and so on. So you're undertaking this giant task. And then after it's done, you're going to have to sell it. Is that you're going to enter the market? Or are you going to uh... do it? I might do. I'm looking at itch.io at the moment, to be honest. Oh, good. If you are okay with not becoming the next Minecraft or whatever and become a multi-billionaire, it's a place where you can make money in a good community. Yeah, definitely. I don't think aiming to be the next Minecraft is going to be a good thing to do for anyone anyway. 
<laughs> in a variety of different ways, right? That seems like asking for disappointment to me. <laughs> And also, I haven't kept uh, in touch or really kept track of the people who made Minecraft, but some of them don't seem that psyched about life. Some of them <laughs> seem a little a little bit down and confused about the nature of things. So, so in some ways, not necessarily aspirational. But do you have fears? Do you have worries about putting the game out there and trying to, to find an audience for it? You know what? Yeah, like, honestly, if it got super big like undertale or minecraft big I, th that would be my biggest fear with this project interesting tell me more about that because you know video games are bad and gamers are bad and so i don't <laughs> want that kind of attention <laughs> so that is a whole discussion i would love to have but we're already running out of time because we're oh, gamers yeah. right we love video games we play them we talk about them yet the concept of gamer in some ways has been co-opted by folks who don't care about other people, they only care about their own satisfaction with a game, and therefore they can it's really sad. mean. I want a different word for them, though. Ah, oh, I'm sad that they took the gamer word that could be Dorito boys. <laughs> did you did you make that up? Is that, um, is that the yeah, they just made that up. <laughs> Let's run with it. That's that's what I'm doing forever. I mean, it, it might be necessarily gendered, but I'm going to assume most of them are boys. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just, can we just get rid of gender while we're at it? I can't just every word apply to everybody. That's what I want, but you know, who am I to say? Well, all right. I wish we had more time. It's just been such, such a pleasure. I wanted to end on a thought about what you may be hoping for. Uh, with the game project? I assume with the game project, not just in general. <laughs> Whatever you'd like, with the game project, but also in general, if you have time for that too. I think actually, like, getting the Annie project finished and putting it out there, and a few hundred people play it and like it, and I could reach them, and maybe like just improve a few afternoons, it wouldn't be very long, but, you know, it'd be a game that they can play and enjoy, and maybe they'd remember it and think about it on an afternoon when it's raining and they're just listening to The Cure. <laughs> <laughs> and they look out the window and they think, that game I played on Itch.io about the little pixel people going on adventures, that was fun. I'm glad I played that. That's what I'm hoping for. Oh, that is just... I didn't notice anything about profit in there. It was purely about giving people a memorable experience that might make their lives just a little bit better. That is that is yeah. so nice. Is that what you want out of life in general, you think? Oh, just yeah. To... Just making things better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really have anything more to add to that. You hit the nail on the head. So did you. I was just parroting back there. Well, geez, you made my day better. You made my day so... better. Oh, man. That's a... Ugh. I hope it's not the last time. And and this was really spur of the moment that listeners should know I was in the middle of day job stuff and I was just like, can I call you right now and we'll try? And we tried and we did. We did. It was a great call. It went well. Yeah. Thanks so much, Alice. Yes, thank you. Hey, Alice. You got a lovely soul. It makes me lose control. When I see a lovely soul. I know. I've known her on Twitter, I think, off and on. I follow a lot of people on Twitter. I follow like 4,000 people or something, so it's hard for me to keep track. But Alice always felt familiar to me, and that was the first time we talked. And I'm just totally, totally endeared and, and rooting for her. 
What a great reason to talk to. Yeah. This is like putting you in a spot where you get to have a reason to talk with really interesting people that you might never... But oh. Like, why would you ever call that person? Absolutely Just be not. like, let's have a 10-minute conversation about... What you're up to. Uh, right. What you're working on. What it's you so hope great. to achieve. Yeah, it's really, really a privilege. And the fact that she... Just wants to make a game that people will listen to on a rainy day and listen to The Cure and just have a nice time. Yeah. Not, there was no profit motive whatsoever. I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. It's something I aspire to, certainly. And, of course, there were these moments that I left in because I didn't want to delete the whole Alice call. And I didn't know how oh to my fix, God. fix the technical issue. I, I last The moment I... when it happened. <laughs> yeah, that was I a died. Oh yeah. my gosh. And I had no idea on my end that my voice suddenly changed. <laughs> so my computer really is busted, folks. How does it how does it bust in a way that keeps everything but pitch shifts you lower? I don't know. And I I don't know if I bumped <laughs> into Alice, something. Alice, the way Alice reacted. So matter-of-factly, and then kept going. I was in stitches. I, I'm sorry. It was. It. It truly made my day. It was. It was probably. I laughed for like three or four minutes. Stopped for a little while. Kept listening. Had to stop. It was so good. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm. I'm just glad it was Alice could hang. Pure comedy. Pure comedy. <laughs> and it's. It, it's undescribable, right? Like, why is it funny? You can't say. I can't say. You just know but, that it is. But I just think it was ridiculous. Yeah. And, but then Alice keeping it together I and know. moving forward. I I mean, that was so second level that I just, <laughs> I appreciated it so much and found such pure joy. She'd be so sincere saying, yeah, it was such a challenge when I struggled to, to throw out all my code and then, yeah, it hard. Just a, just a doofy, doofy old but you know what? Me. Can I just can I just also recognize that Alice is making a game right just in the way she's going about it? Yeah. Gosh, I feel like people probably slave over game development all and just and just hate it. Ah, uh huh. It seems to me like Alice is like, yeah, that really sucked, but you know, hey, I, it's, I'm sure there's times when Alice hates. It, but there is something about the spirit in which she's making this game that feels so right and feels like it's a throwback to why people started making games in the beginning mm, to find out who they were and what they could do push their creative limits think about you know coming up with constraints and yep. things not going right and being like shit i just did that for I don't know, <laughs> but 47 br- hours that or whatever. It right. could be that long that she worked on something oh, that doesn't sure. work. Mm-hmm. But, but I pushing just, through it anyway. Yeah. And it, enjoying the process, being a part of the pursuit and having the pursuit itself be, be the, the goal. joy. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Because I agree. Why would you want to be like Minecraft? <laughs> like the, You know, it's already been done. You don't want to do that. I mean, people yeah. want money. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, well, she doesn't. I mean, I'm sure she could use it, but that's not why she's doing it. And that's not why we're doing this either. So no. kindred spirit, for certain, uh, we're out of time already. I, I just want to say one last thing. Please do. When Jonathan approached me about this brain fuel cerebral <laughs> beverage situation, I was it's like, this a- is going to be a joke. I'm dead serious. I enjoy some of these beverages. I don't think we're going to have any brain fuel in the house by the end of the night. I know. We're I, chugging in fact, this brain I'm, fuel yeah, after the it's, show. I'm really into it. This was a genuine review. It was. They, they, they knew that their product was good when they sent it. 
I think you're high on brain fuel, frankly. I think I am. If you don't mind me saying so. So (laughs) get ready. Next episode, everybody. There was going to be even more clips on this episode, but I ended up talking to a game developer and writer, Catherine Neal. It was supposed to be a 10-minute quick talk about a game she wrote or co-wrote called Astrolagaster. It's Astralagaster, but I keep calling it Astrolagaster. <laughs> anyway, we'll call it whatever you will. She was fine with me calling it whatever I wanted. We were supposed to talk for 10 minutes. The game's coming out on Switch. It's a great game. We talked for an hour, so that's just going to be its own episode that's going to be next week. So listen for that. Game industry veteran Catherine Neal, now in the indie space, previously in the AAA space, talking about making Astralagaster. And in the meantime, though, while you wait for that, you can listen to Tanya's podcast. The Kitty Cats. No. Not plural? Kitty Cat Pawscast? Kitty Cat Pawscast. You talk about multiple kitty cats on it. I know, but we are the Kitty Cat Pawscast. <laughs> but you have cats, plural. Why Why you question my, the name of my show? <laughs> I know. I know, and it's funny. Are, are, are we talking to women about video games or with Jonathan? Can we... I am talking with women about video games. Okay. My title is one, too. You know, it's funny. Catherine Neal said, I was worried she didn't want to be on the show because she would hate the title. A lot of people do. And she said, well, at least it's not talking to fucking skinny teenage bitches about video games. I was like, whoa, Catherine Neal. This is going to be a good yeah. episode. Yeah, she's she's sick of youth-obsessed culture. Uh, anyway, too. Yeah, yeah. Catherine Neal, you're going to love her. So, Kitty Cat Paws Cast yeah. is Tanya's other show. It's a great show. You can find it on... Spotify, iTunes, all, all the places. Yeah. I have some other shows. I've got The Worst Song on Earth, which is up to 15 episodes or something. Talk about music that we hate. I've got a magazine called Nintendo Force that you can read. You know, we write about video games that we love. And there's another show called Boston's Favorite Son, where I think all of our listeners of this show, most of them came from that show. So you probably already know about it, but that's a show where people talk about. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> That's about it. I know, give me some. I want some of that limitless berry. (laughs) I'm gonna icy thrives.